Welcome to the Movie Cation Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brady. I'm Joe. Oh. I'm Tyler. <laughs> I literally point, picked my hand up, pointed at myself to say I'm fucking next. Look, we tried. <laughs> we, we, we've been doing so good. We, we just had, started like, calling. Solid. You're already fucking everything up. Hey, look what I got, guys. <laughs> I can't tell. Sensors oh, hell yeah. Going to be a party. Are those the mini ones? Small can, small pop. <laughs> Just a little. Brady, you you keep you keep blurring in and out, dude. Yep. He's oh, gonna censor himself. <laughs> I mean, the I audio like listeners don't want to see him. <laughs> His audio's gonna be. They don't want to hear him either. <laughs> I have a face for radio, guys. Come on. <laughs> How's everybody doing? I'm all right. I was doing through an existential crisis. <laughs> I'm a little tired. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I'm a little tired, but no, what do you do? Yeah, no one cares about you, Joe. Come on. Yeah, no. You you said those things about certain types of people, and they you got canceled. It's there's no coming tired. back. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm ready to just. He's still going. Say fuck everything. <laughs> it's like talking games. to Cole when he's like saying stuff, and we just don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm ready to go. And that's all the time we have for the show. Thanks, Joe. Oh, Great episode, next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Welcome. We actually, you know, this is a quick turnaround time. It's only been a week in between episodes, really. Man, that's it. It's going to take um, you two to edit it. I actually watched the movie for I'm shocked. Yes. It's a miracle. Cole job, watched Cole. two movies for us this week. Um, I hate we I hate you. No. We didn't like, have like a already, fanfare for that. Yeah, censor that one. Cole, how dare you say something like that? Oh, God. <laughs> two people canceled Cancel, on the show. Canceled, canceled. <laughs> we don't have really much, like, intro bantery stuff to talk about because it hasn't been, like, a month in between the episodes, which is fine. But we do have a lot of news to talk about, which is something that we usually don't have a lot to talk about. Um. Mostly Marvel news because, you know, that's what generates content in today's society when it comes to content generation. Um, very kind of like cliff notey bullet points. What can you tell us about the Hall H panel, Cole? Didn't we talk about this last episode? Or no, because Comic-Con never happened last episode. Okay. Yeah, it did. No, it yeah. didn't. We ranted about all of this. Yeah, yeah we no, talked about we're it. We're talking about, but we're talking about the news that came out at Comic Con because it didn't get announced. We weren't, we recorded before Comic Con. Oh, yeah. We recorded like the day before, didn't we? Two days before, three days before. We recorded okay. on Wednesday. Hall H okay. panel happened Saturday. Okay. No, that's oh, right. my God. We were just bitching about it all the time. That's fine. So they announced that phase four is going to be ending with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever this November. Then phase five is going to start in February with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And then 
the uh phase uh, they announced all the phase five stuff phase five will be ending with thunderbolts in july of 2024 and then that november phase six starts with fantastic four and then we're getting two avengers movies in 2025 uh we got avengers the kang dynasty and avengers secret wars so they announced a lot a lot of stuff i'm i want to know how it's all going to pan out I'm, I guess we'll see. I heard that the uh, Ant-Man trailer was pretty much unhearable during the Hall H panel because people just were like cheering that loudly. The audio leaked and you can hear it, but you can, it's kind of, you kind of had, to, I had to strain a bit to hear it, but there is like a, the audio for the trailer or the audio for Hall H in general, because the audio, what, what the I'm trailer. talking Okay. Cause what I was talking about was Hall H was so loud when they dropped it that like, the attendees were like, yeah, we didn't hear some of the yeah, dialogue no, at all. Someone leaked the no. audio from when they showed it and you could barely hear it. But uh, there's I'm not surprised because like in the past, like whenever they they put out a trailer, a trailer at Hall H that isn't released to the public yet. I feel like you can't hear a goddamn thing if you yeah. if you watch the leaked videos. But uh, there's a part in the trailer where I guess uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man's confronting uh, Kang and Ant-Man's like, oh, I'm an Avenger, and Kang's just like, you're an Avenger? Have I killed you before? And I'm just like, okay, okay. Like, I'm I'm excited for Ant-Man. For people like me, who the fuck is Kang? All right, so Kang the Conqueror, he's basically, he's basically a time traveler, time traveler from the future. And I know him, there was a, I know him. There was a short-lived Avengers cartoon, like in the early 2010s. He came back from his time to kill Captain America because he was like, "Captain, oh, Captain America shouldn't be alive." That kind of thing. So that that's how who he is. Like he comes to like kind of correct like anomalies in the timeline, things that he sees as anomalies. So he's a very yeah. cool character, and um. They actually brought him. He was in Loki, but at, uh, as the one who remains, and they set was him it, up. They, did they like show him in that though? Same actor. Yes, and they everything? did. It was yep. the same actor. It, so Kang's gonna really be like a variant that of that guy. Because because he has a line. He's like, "Oh, if you think I'm evil, wait till you meet my variants." But real quick, in the cartoon, you said he was a real cool guy. So he was a it was a good guy in the. In the no, cartoon? no, no. I said no. He, I think he just meant like cool to him, not. Yeah, like he's a cool character, not like. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did hear something today that was pretty interesting. the The scene in Doctor Strange where Reed Richards portals into the Illuminati set was actually Doctor Doom technology, not Kang technology. Yeah, that's it. Was, that's it was confirmed technology. by the uh, screenwriter. Writer. Yeah, that so is kind of cool. I saw a clip the other day that um. That WandaVision's world and the Multiverse of Madness WandaVision world were two different worlds. It was a mirror image of itself. Yeah, it was like Earth 626 and whatever, 616 and then 698 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Um, uh, We also know Moonlight, the Moonlight, Moon Knight 2 is some of that's the 438. Possibly being made again. Because they're made. They're in uh, K 
Cairo right now. You Cairo. Cairo. Yeah. Cairo. They're currently in Cairo. But, you know, it's kind of, I know people are freaking out about that because like, I mean, it is Oscar Isaac, you know, being Oscar Isaac really, because he just seems like that kind of down to earth dude that would like fuck with you like that. Like just, why else do you think we're here? But it's also kind of hard to like believe anything anymore when actors say certain things. Yeah. Because like, look, I mean, we all knew Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were going to be in Spider-Man. And they spent the better part of like half a year being like, no, we're not going to be in it, guys. I don't know what well, no one could about. find Toby to freaking interview him. Meanwhile, and Andrew's this, doing damage control the whole year. But this brings me to my next point. Like, the Hall H panel is cool and all that. And honestly, some of the Marvel news is fun to see happening for like me, not necessarily as a fan, but for like, because I like to see, like, I know I give you shit all the time. But I do like to see Cole get excited about something. You know what I mean? Um, so that like that's why that stuff's cool. But I also feel like so much stuff gets leaked anymore that it doesn't make some of the announcements as exciting. Because I was listening to Fat Man Beyond. It was being recorded Saturday night at their uh, movies pop-up that they had down at Comic-Con. Kevin Smith had to leave halfway through to get to his Hall H panel, which is right after the Marvel one. So they're literally recording as the Marvel panel is happening, right? And so they don't know the Marvel news that is coming out right now. They're only reporting on the earlier day news from Comic-Con that day because they didn't know. But Mark Bernardin, the guy who pretty much reports the news on that show, was like, I mean, I don't know any of the news that is coming out right now as we're recording, but... I did see on the internet earlier through a website that they like right minutes before the Hall H panel was happening, they were finalizing copyright papers for Kang Dynasty, for the Met, uh, multiverse saga, and for a couple other things. I also heard something the other day that Punisher is going to get announced at D23. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing as well. So, like, um, it's cool. Comic-Con's cool and all that, but I feel like so much stuff gets leaked anymore that it kind of takes away the charm of, like, a big Hall H panel because Hall H is where you're supposed to go to announce something super, super big at Comic-Con. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's we, the pin-all, be-all of, like, announcing nerdy shit. And I just feel like so much gets leaked anymore that it kind of takes away the charm of, like, going to a Comic-Con. Well, I feel like not, like, you know, there wasn't that many leaks this time around because... No, it was just, I'm just talking it was about pretty in much new yeah. everything. It's just everyone was like assuming this is what they were doing. And it's like, okay, well, about time you give us some direction. Uh, but I get I get where you're coming from, Brady. Yeah, like you know, and it's it's not their fault. It's just, you know, people want to be the first one to to report on it. So that's why it gets leaked. You know, Feige also- tries very hard to to keep this shit under wraps, but you know, of course, someone wants to leak it. Because they want to, you know, either they get that sale from, you know, giving the information now, but everyone wants to be the first one to report a new Marvel thing. Well, it's also because who isn't going to want to get, who isn't going to go to that site to watch everything? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's also interesting what gets released and what doesn't. Yeah. Because, like I said, Kevin Smith had his Clerks 3 panel immediately after the Marvel panel. And he showed the first five minutes of Clerks. And I know you guys are like, well, that's Kevin Smith, but he still is pretty big 
as far as his clerks movies go and all this the fact that that doesn't leak anywhere well dude like a few years back he did a live reading of the original version of the script for clerks three which was recorded it is it was recorded though and they are going to release it after they release the movie props possibly after it's like on blu-ray and stuff okay maybe as you can compare the two maybe a bonus feature on the blu-ray but what i'm saying like because well even then like quickly touch on some other news from our or from comic-con is the walking dead stuff and like i know we're not fans and i'm sure there might be a listener that is a fan so i'm just gonna say it like the walking dead is ending in fall they have an anthology series coming out they have a rick and michonne tv series coming out that was originally planned to be a movie they have um what else did i say oh there was supposed to be a carol and daryl like spinoff now it's just a daryl spinoff but like the walking dead was really popular at one point and it's kind of dwindled in the past but it's still a viable franchise because they're putting so much money into it still and yet a leak for that would probably be like a fart in the wind like no one would care i remember when i want to know like how strong is that fandom still because yeah like i feel like it's just you know nobody cares anymore that show you know, felt like it really lost its its energy like years back. Let me let me say how strong that fandom is anymore. Uh, I went to Walker Stalker Con in 2015 in Chicago, and I see like after I went to there, I saw like two or three more like conventions announced for Walker Stalker Con. Now I don't hear a thing about Walker Stalker Con, and that was pretty much uh, almost like an AMC comic con for their eight for eight because they had like rj Mitty there and um what's his face who plays gus from breaking bad do like a whole breaking bad panel john carlo esposito had a whole breaking bad panel it was a bunch of walking dead people obviously it's called walker stalker con um and there was a couple other people from like other amc centric shows like uh ming chen from comic book men was there and things like that because that was when comic book men was on at the time but like, I feel like I have never heard anything about Walker Stalker Con in the last probably three, four years. They, The Walking Dead apparently cut ties with them back in 2019. Interesting. I just kind of read like the headline. I, I haven't gotten like into the article or something, but I probably that's what I saw. For it then. Um, I want to know how they got Andrew Lincoln to come back to do a show because, I mean, he left the series. He was already contracted for the movie, so I'm sure they were just like, can we just change it to a show and give you a little bit more money? Well, that's true. Because this show was, he left the show, I think last season, which is probably like, no, it was like two two or three seasons ago, dude. Okay, so, but he's been sitting on the sideline waiting for them to make this movie since then. But here's the thing. It's kind of like the Harry Potter kids they don't have to do anything with the life with their life anymore because they're set for life off those money off that money when's the, last, when's the last time you saw andrew lincoln like the best andrew lincoln role ever is in love actually and that's the only other thing i can name him i haven't seen him in anything else since walking dead but to your point the kids from harry potter but daniel radcliffe is out there being a nerd doing whatever the fuck he wants anyway He's about to be Weird Al in the Weird Al. Yeah, I know that. But Rupert Grant, he has a he has a show right now, or he had a show with uh, Nick Frost, where he was he was sick, oh, or, sick one or whatever. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Sick note or something. If um, anything, I haven't seen uh, Emma Watson or anything else other than like um, the bling ring. That no, was what was the other one? The with the end of the world and had Franco. This is the end. This is the end. Which was also 2013, so around the same time. Okay. So, but last two things she was that you remember in were around the same time, which is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But um, or even like Elijah Wood, like he does projects that he has fun doing. He doesn't have to necessarily do projects to keep his name out there because I mean, first of all, he was Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood. He was Elijah Wood before Lord of the Rings. Like he was yeah. a big actor before Lord of the Rings. But because Lord of the Rings, he can now pick and choose what he wants to do. I feel Every like time. Andrew Lincoln can kind of do that, but it seems like he doesn't. Every time we go to Austin, I'm looking for Elijah Wood and Matthew McConaughey. Does he <laughs> live there or does he just go there often? I think he lives in South Congress. Because I, I listened to uh, like Nerdist, the Chris Hardwick podcast one time and Elijah Wood was on it. And he was talking about like just hanging out in Austin. And I didn't get, I didn't understand if he was just like hanging out there or if he was, because it was during South by Southwest anyway. So I didn't get if he was just there for South by Southwest or if he lived there or just frequents that. But it seems like he's in Austin a lot. I think he lives there. And Matthew McConaughey, you just have to catch him at a random, random time. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) So, I mean, is there anything else like super big from Comic-Con? That we really give a shit about. Okay, let's talk about nope. the bigger news. Cole, you want to? Yes, Cole. Because so, you're, you're the one who yourself. knows like the most. Yes, go off. So, my boy. a few months ago, I'm not sure exactly when this happened, but a few months ago, Warner Brothers merged with Discovery, and the new CEO has just been on a. Ki- I'm just gonna call it a killing spree because that's real what quick. It is. Can you pronounce his name for us? Yeah, it's David Zaslav. Thank you. Yeah, so David Zaslav, he is... So what happened was was yesterday... No, it was like two days ago, it was announced that the Batgirl movie was canceled when it had already finished filming, was already almost done in post-production, and was set to release this year. Just canned it. Just canned the entire... A $90 million superhero movie canned it because because uh a tax write-off is the reason they canned it just write it off on their taxes and i, re- I read a report today that they're going to save 20 25 million by canceling it. i'm just like but well, you poured 90 million into it just release the damn thing like why in another thing they canceled they were working on a uh a prequel to the scooby-doo movie from a few years ago it was a prequel where all the you know they're all kids and solving mysteries as children that was almost like the director even the director said like yeah it was almost done like we just like start we just finished like the recording the last couple lines for it like it was essentially almost done and and uh like the kid who was voicing shaggy he's like yeah i was just in last week to record for shaggy i don't know what so it's really weird. It's the, uh, the Supergirl movie was also reported as apparently not happening. And I'm just like, then why? I just don't understand what's happening. And it's, there was also a report that there were some movies that had been taken off HBO Max uh, like a, over the past couple months. I think one of them was that Seth Rogen movie where he 
gets pickled or something. I, but there there were a couple movies that were oh, the Ameri- to that American service. Pickle. Yeah, an American Pickle. That was a really good movie. Yeah, that well, was it was funny with a nice like sentimental twist to it. Well, now you can't watch it. It's they took it off of the service. I don't yeah, know I why. Checked yesterday. It's it's definitely not on there. Wow. Yeah, I never even heard of it. It was really funny. It turns itself I, into a pickle. Funny shit I've ever seen. No, no he okay. All right, <laughs> but th- that's the news. Just Warner Brothers is just I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. Well, so I seen you guys that TikTok yesterday or last night or whatever. The or the, even this morning probably of like that guy who like reviews wonky ass movies and he was talking about it. He's like, this is the quality content that you get on Discovery Plus, and it's a show. It's a prank show. First of all, it's a prank show in 2022. Like, what the fuck? But it's like hosted by Anthony Anderson and it's supposed to be like house hunters, but they call it house haunters. And it's supposed to be like a scare prank show under the guise of like a house hunters type show. And he shows like a clip of it and he's like, we hired 50 crew members. He's like, why are you wasting 50 crew members on this when they could do be, be going out and doing better jobs? or something else and then there's like another one it was called like the stain diaries and it's literally about a guy going around like a small country area removing stains from various clothing items and whatnot and telling the story behind the stain because every story has a state or every state has a story and he's just like i i don't want to know the story behind some stains you know (laughs) it's not awful (laughs) the, the more we talk about it I want to know where the fuck did Discovery get the money to buy out Warner Brothers? Embezzlement. You would think it's the other way around. And the other way around would not make sense. Not the Discovery buying out Warner Brothers makes any more sense. But what the fuck? They also announced today that they have a 10-year plan for DC and that and now the rest of this is coming from 4chan, so it may not be true. I just want to preface that. You're using 4chan as your source okay. in 2022? Yeah. Terrible idea. Bro, but that's like rumor is like hub right there. Okay. Well, the rumor is is that Black Adam's gonna be the start of this new re- rebooted universe, and that Black Adam is gonna be their Thanos. I'm not gonna okay. lie, that makes that kind of makes sense. I can see it. When, when you share the right, information sense, in the group chat, but... when you share the info in the group chat, I wasn't mad about that. Like finally they're they're getting a 10-year plan, they're getting their their Kevin Feige. Cool. But where what does that mean for Aquaman? When does Aquaman come out? So apparently Jason Momoa is the only one sticking around. <laughs> Well, what about that whole big announcement that Ben Affleck's supposed to be in it? Fuck if I know. But yeah, so so real quick, when when is when is Aquaman two supposed to drop? Uh, comes out in March. So we have Black Adam in October. So does that mean in December? Um. So then, if Black Adam is the the starting point, what does that mean for Aquaman? And what does that mean for his? Well, Jason Momoa had that video of, you know, on the back lot and he walked into the trailer and there's Ben Affleck and that was them kind of confirming that he's back um, as Batman. What does that, what does that mean for that movie? What does that mean for them too? What does that mean for Peacemaker? Which apparently James Gunn did tweet out that Peacemaker is safe. Yeah. Hmm. What's that mean for the Robert Pattinson Batman? Because I'm telling you right now, 
if they come back in a couple of days and be like, yeah, so since we're going to do this whole 10 year DC plan, Robert Pattinson Batman's officially done. I'm they never going to watch a DC property. I'm hearing that the Penguin and Arkham's uh, HBO Max series might be dead. Oh, why? They don't. They, they don't fit in with DC proper. They Get, better not drop Pattinson. I tell you that, man. They're gonna. They're gonna get some. Like I'm not even like a fan of this shit. And they're going to get bigger backlash than me just being annoyed by the stupidity of it all. Like, the fact that, like, these movies are literally, like, didn't Batman make, like, a billion dollars? And it's only, like, the fourth movie to do so since, like, the pandemic? I think it only made, I think I saw earlier, it only made, like, 400 million or some shit. All right, great, whatever. It made more money than I have in my bank account, is my point. Like... And you're telling me like they're they don't want to like capitalize off of that success. Hey, Warner Brothers be crazy, man. The Batman box office, uh, seven hundred and seventy million. Oh, okay. Again, still more than I have my bank account right now. Uh, fourth biggest global earner in the last two and a half years, behind No Time to Die. Uh, what else? Probably Spider Man. Uh, what the fuck is that? Um, fourth biggest global earner of the last two and a half years after No Time to Die or behind No Time to Die. Battle at Lake Changjin. It's a Chinese movie, but the majority of those funds came from China, and then Spider Man No Way Home. Interesting. When was this article though? Because like top this from like Forbes uh, back in April. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm sure Top Gun I'm sure, is like uh, top blowing shit out, of the, out of the water. Yeah. Which blows my mind, but whatever. Top Gun is now Paramount's most earning this movie of their company ever. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, seen it's it. just. So I haven't seen it. You'll at least watch it before, you know. We do our year and wrap up. Maybe. Yeah, I'm working on it. On but schedule, yeah, I mean, know. this this whole Warner Brothers thing is just... I don't know. HBO... I Like, part of me kind of understands their idea behind what they're doing because they did say something along the lines of that they want to focus more on theatrical films versus, like, streaming films, which is fine. You literally only put movies up there to stream one time when we were in the middle of a pandemic when all the theaters were closed. You know? Because think about it. Movie theaters didn't truly open again until about midway through 2021. Yeah. And then you know what they did immediately after their last film came out of that slate? They said, all right, we're done doing that. If you want to go watch a movie, go put it in theaters. Or you can wait 45 days, watch it on our service. Yeah. And the people that wanted to go see the movie in theaters got up off their ass and went to go see it in the movie theater. The people that didn't wait the 45 days. So, like, I get where they're coming from when they're saying, like, we want to focus on theatrical over streaming. The thing is, take take the Kaylee Cuoco show flight attendant, right? I'm not going to go to a theater to watch a TV show. Like it yeah. doesn't some of that 
shit just doesn't make sense to like completely like it seems like gut there not every movie needs to go to the theater too like and and american pickle i i I haven't seen it but i'm just like that was definitely a streaming movie not something you go watch in theater exactly um and the fact that you know look at your look at your competition look at disney look at netflix well primarily i would say disney more so look at them netflix is kind of going down the shitter yeah look at netflix putting out their all their series and how well they're doing and you're going to tell me like okay we're not going to go that route too much we're focused on theatrical releases and that and that's coming from well i like that they they need to rethink that yeah it doesn't have to be one or the other like you don't have to go all in one way or the other just the stuff that you know is going to make big money put that in theaters the stuff you're kind of unsure about streaming it's not that hard but again but again like you know hbo max you know from the get-go said you know okay yeah we're going to be streaming these big movies for the first year and a half of the pandemic and then we're going to move away from that maybe that's a that's an overall market thing that where everyone's like okay we're we're kind of past the pandemic we're going to just start pushing the the theatrical stuff again maybe they're just at the forefront of announcing that type of stuff so it's it's gonna that's how it's gonna happen it's just they're the first ones to really speak out about it well that's the other thing too is like yes netflix has success with their tv shows and stuff like that in their movies but i truly feel like the success that we see is like every other movie or tv show that comes out from netflix like squid game was off and popping what's been off and popping since nothing i can think of you know what i mean and like even like uh i don't know some of some of the movies that they because netflix i don't know if they're still doing it I think they did it in 2021 only, and they could be still doing it now. But I'm pretty sure Netflix did a whole. We'll just go back to last year, for example. Netflix did a whole release a movie a week for the entire year. And like, I'm pretty sure only like two or three out of the entire year became like super popular. And the rest were just like, well, they're on there if you want to watch it. And I know some other. When did Roma come out? Roma, Uh, that was like two two years ago, like twenty nineteen. Honestly, that's like that and Army of the Dead are probably the biggest. Army of the Dead was one of the super popular ones. Yeah, from last year, those two movies. Mitchell's and the Machines was one of the super popular ones from last year, but that's all I can name. Yeah, those two and Roma are probably the only ones I can name in the past couple years that are. And there's been some movies Netflix ones. Yeah, and there's been some movies released this year, like you got. The one I talked about the last episode, Hustle, with uh, Adam Sandler. Right. I feel like that movie should be talked about more, and it's not. You um, know what else? Fear Street, but not as big. You know what I mean? It's big within the community that it needs to be big in, but not right. like a broader term. Mm-hmm. Um, the Man from Toronto. That's a Kevin Hart-driven film. That's a Kevin Hart joke-per-minute, sassy Kevin Hart-per-minute film, and I've heard nothing about it. Was it good? No. It's very, very typical Kevin Hart comedy. But you'd think that there'd be some kind of like conversation about it because it is a Kevin Hart movie, but it's like nothing. And I feel like Netflix 
all right, you know, this will bring us into one of our movies today. Identity. We're finally watching it, guys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we didn't watch it this time. <laughs> you you were scaring me there. I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> me and Joe are the only ones actually ready for it. Pop quiz. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, no, but this will bring us into uh, the topic, one of the topics for today, which is The Gray Man. I know we all watched it. I've seen like maybe like two other people talk about it and I feel like it isn't popping like, because here's why I think it should pop off. You have Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, mm-hmm. and the Russo brothers. And the new, and the girl that's going to play on. Um, oh, Monroe. and Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Which is, she's like a super popular actress right now. And I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this movie. You know, you say that, and this is the first time I've ever seen her in anything. She was in something on Hulu with Ben Affleck. No, I don't have her. And she's obviously so. she's she was gonna be. Did you ever watch that Beatles movie called Yesterday, where the guy like yeah wakes up and like? That's me. <laughs> okay. Come on, but Come apparently, on. apparently, I think Anna Darmus was supposed to be in that movie, and they like cut her scene, and now she's like suing the company that made the movie. Really? That was a I good movie. I don't think there's much of a, a leg to stand on there, but all right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure she got paid for it. So, yeah. That was a really <clears> good movie, though. That's but, movie. okay. But going back to The Gray Man, which we'll get into a little bit uh, here in a second. Why do you, what do you, okay, what do you, do you guys think of it? Let's start with Tyler. Wasn't a fan. It, as good as the star power is in that movie, it was so damn boring. Like the only people that I'd say were actually like acting in it were Chris Evans and Billy Bob Thornton, really. And then yeah, like so the you little, you forgot like to mention Billy Bob Thornton but, on that one. Yeah, <laughs> but I just it was a drag, dude. I could not get into it. Everybody just felt so robotic. It was just action for the sake of action. Like I couldn't tell you what happened in that movie to be honest because nothing happened (laughs) so for me i mean i really like ryan gosling um but yeah it was huh the goose the goose (laughs) um but like yeah this wasn't to me this was another like big time netflix movie that doesn't really do anything it's kind of like why i didn't want to watch uh what was it red notice with with reynolds and johnson Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't want to watch that one. I will because... tell you this: Red Notice was more fun this, than this movie. But it gave me the, it gave me the vibe that I probably, well, I probably would have felt the same way about that movie watching this one. Um, I didn't expect much, but the story was kind of, I don't say all over the place, but it was over the place. Yeah, it it was definitely all over the place. And I was like, okay, like this is. It was just more action packed. It, it was funny. I'll, I'll give you that. There were some. There were lines in there that made me laugh pretty often. Um, but like I didn't. The sen- like the sentimental part of it of of Gosling and the girl's storyline where she's trying to you know he's trying to protect herself like that wasn't hitting me. I felt like they just included that in there to to build some emotion on it. Um, same thing with the connection to Billy Bob Thornton because that was Gosling's. Uh, I don't yeah, say the mentor, but the person that brought him in. Yeah. Um, it was good action, but other than that, I'm like, this is this. It's cheese. It's Chris. Ed- I've 
I don't know thing. Chris Evans, I feel like he plays this character in every other movie now that isn't. But I feel a like Marvel Gosling movie. does that for any movie post drive too, because he very much gave me drive vibes by like basically not saying anything most of the movie and things like that. The a, idea that bit, he is yeah. like there to protect a child. It's very much what he did in Drive. Yeah, I, and I was, I was getting that to do, get into that too. But like, I feel like in everything else that Evans does that isn't Marvel branded, he has this, you know, the fucking mustache, the same style of clothes. Like, I feel like I've seen him in other movies like this. He looks like, because um, he looked exactly like that in Knives Out. Yeah. Now that you but say he, it, you know what he looks like though. Um, what was the name of the character? And me and myself and Irene, that was Jim Carrey's character. Irene, I don't know. I've never seen it. Okay, well, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I, I'm totally blanking on the name, but I know you're I'll, I'll look about. it up, but he looks like a a more handsome, polished version of Jim, Carrey, Jim Carrey's character in that movie. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> With the mustache and everything. Hank Evans. Fucking funny <laughs> enough. You know. Convenient. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> Um, wasn't his name Hank in the movie too? Lloyd. No, Lloyd. Wait, that's right. Yeah, okay. his pants were giving Lloyd. <laughs> um, but I was just like, you know, and then like at the end. So, the premise of the movie is um, Gosling is a a gray man, basically a, a merc not a mercenary, but like a a guy that the the CIA works with to get rid of enemies. Um, he's trying and to kill his martial capacity. Yeah. He's trying to get rid of his mark, uh, but he decides not to, and he takes uh, some valuable information from the mark and lets him go. Um, the information happens to be um, like stuff to blackmail the the CIA agent who's like managing him and the program and stuff like that, and he wants to get rid of him. And I'm like, why are these why are these people like not pushing more to get rid of him or? Like we're not really getting that close to the guy. Where I feel like we're we're like, if that's our bad guy, why are we focusing so much on Lloyd and just fighting Lloyd? Shouldn't we be fighting the other guy? And then at the end, they kind of like not brush it under the under the rug. Like they take him in and he's like, Oh, you're gonna work for me now. And I was like, That's it? Like, this is where the movie ends? Like they just kind of pat that, you know, slap the guy on the hand, like, you fucked up. You're you know. He's not going to listen to you, but you're still, you know, he's a bad guy. You know, he fucked up. We're going to act like none of that happened. Yeah, and then that's... he escapes and then he escapes at the end. So like it, it leaves room for a part two. I'm like, great. They've which they've already confirmed. Uh. <laughs> and yeah, like, that... I, I, this is why I don't like to watch too many like Netflix movies nowadays like i used to like i didn't mind watching them back in the day but like now like i feel like as of recently like they're giving me the same energy this is why i didn't want to watch red notice because i feel like it was going to be like this like not a good storyline doesn't really have me connecting um same thing with army of the dead it's okay but like you know i have no like i'm not connecting to the story or like i'm just watching it to fucking to say I watched it and I just, I'm just they're feeding me Netflix bullshit. That stupid ass machismo ending of let's just fight this. It's like just shoot him. <laughs> you have the shot, just shoot him. Like it doesn't matter 
Like you don't have to fight him physically; just kill him. It was a good fighting, though. I'll give him it that. was, but until he brought up a knife, and I'm like, "You just said you were better, dude." <laughs> like, I feel like on. whenever they introduce a butterfly knife in any movie, it's a bunch of like douchey moves, and like you're pretty much getting the upper hand because it's a butterfly knife. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess fits the character, but yeah, that's true. So, what about you, Cole? This movie was generic and formulaic, and it's the same old, oh, I've got the... I don't think know. it was informulaic. I think it was pretty much formulaic. <laughs> no, I said formulaic. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said informulaic. No, I I, said formulaic. Oh, I see what you <laughs> I see what... No, I... In sound... Never mind. No, you're good. It, it was the same old, like, oh, we got the secret flash drive, the government... We can't let the government get their hands on it. Mission Impossible did it better in 1996. Get the hell out of here. Because it's literally, you know, the contents of the drive are different, but the same shit. And I was, I was just bored. Like, like what Tyler said, it was. It's just I wasn't having fun. I, yeah, Morbius was a ter- was a bad movie, but I had fun with Morbius. This, I'm sorry, this is the worst movie I've seen this year. This, I just was not having. Fun. I didn't like. I finished it, and I'm just like, oh. It's over. Thank God. Like I, I, I paused it multiple times because I was just like, all right, I just need to. I just didn't want to continue it. Like, yeah. like I paused it at one point, walked out of my room, then walked back in. I was like, shit, I still got to finish it. I have forty minutes left. I no. <laughs> After the first hour, I'm like, damn, I still have an hour in this movie. Somewhere yeah, no, that now. was my. Ex- I yeah, I checked the time at one point. I'm like, I have an hour left. Why? <laughs> Where'd the other hour go? I think the best part was like the whole like train scene, like after he got arrested and got away and all that. Like, no, the, that best was the best part, part was Chris Evans calling Ryan Gosling a Ken doll. That too. <laughs> I was just like, ah, ha ha. So yeah, this movie broke me mentally. How about you, Brady? So I took notes, and then I have my final thoughts, obviously. Uh, surprisingly, took a lot of notes, but whatever. Um, I said, great cast. I feel like Billy Bob Thornton is an underrated actor, so it's nice seeing him in something. It seems like it's been a while since I've seen him in something. Uh, damn, Ryan Gosling is smooth with these kills in the club, because he was kind of just like, you he, dead. I'll tell you, he was smooth, you baby. Did. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was some very interesting camera work um, in the beginning of the movie, especially in that club scene. There was like a like a crane shot that went overhead that I thought was pretty cool. And that's probably about all the positives I have. <laughs> the negatives are I'm only 22 minutes in and I'm glad this movie wasn't in theaters. Real Nothing quick, super captivating to, yet. To add to the to the good part, like to the positive things, their drone footage was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, there were some good shots. But... There were some good shots, and the drone, the drone footage from when they were doing it was pretty, pretty slick. There's one part okay. where they had like a GoPro on a door that they opened, and I was like, a little unnecessary, but all right, different. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was like some good things to like, like visually, it was some good spots. It's the story that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I said I'm only 22 minutes in, and I'm glad this movie wasn't in theaters. Nothing super captivating yet. I probably would have walked out by that point, to be honest with you. I was so goddamn bored. Um, a young character with a CHD and a pacemaker. That's cool. 
until it's not. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> Wait, no, I'll, I'll go down a little bit more because I say something about it again, I think. Hold on. Uh, no, actually, I don't. So here's the thing. Um, I have a pacemaker. You guys know this. You? I also have one. Yours is dead. Shut the fuck up. Um, but he still has one. It's not even on. I have a working functioning. He's never maker. on either, so it's okay. Anyway, I'm also never off. Anyway, not once have I gone to my doctor and been like, yo, bro, put the serial number in so you can track me everywhere I go. That's not how a pacemaker works. Have you and tried that's, it? I, and I'm, but hold on. I'm can you pretty explain sure. To the audience how a pacemaker works. It's literally electric um leads plugged into a battery that is plugged into your heart that sends paces of electricity to your heart it's not uh, a tracking device it's making paces oh, okay but in the movie they make it seem like it's a tracking device like you would put on like a dog right like low jack for a human that's not how it works you think they consulted a cardiologist for this movie I knew they did it. I knew I knew they did it the minute he name dropped like a brand for it. He was like, "Yeah, it's a model clog of Waga job glue." And I was like, "Huh? Like I, is that that's probably not even a real brand." <laughs> it's probably it was probably whoever gave them the money to make this piece of shit. Here's the thing though. I was watching a show that was uh, on TNT a few years ago called uh Major Crimes. And in the last season, they had the main character have a heart condition and they installed a pacemaker into the character. They had a whole scene about like her, the doctor handing her the pacemaker and everything to show her what it looks like before the surgery and all that. And it is legitimately branded as a Medtronic pacemaker, which is the same brand that I have. Right. It looked like the pacemaker that I have inside me. So it looked like they actually did some research on how a pacemaker there was some things that were a little bit wonky in that one too like at one point she's like interviewing a suspect and the doctor calls and says you need to calm down your heart rate's too high i'm watching you on this ipad and it, your pacemaker's going off like crazy you need to calm down which like yes they can tell i'm telling you they can tell when your pacemaker paces you but it's not instant it is when I go and visit the clinic, that's when they're able to pull up my history of when I was paced. When I had my health scare stuff in February, they were like, oh, by the way, your pacemaker was pacing you literally 30 minutes before you walked into the hospital. And then again, as you were walking into the hospital, like it was trying to do stuff to you then. It's not a tracking device of like, yo, put in the serial number into your like find my iPhone and you'll find the pacemaker. Like, do some research, people. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm. I'm like glad there was representation. I'm glad someone took the time to be like, let's not just have them be like, oh, they have a fucked up heart and need a pacemaker. Let's have them be born with a congenital heart defect that requires a pacemaker. Like, that's cool. Do some fucking research, though. What if it is a futuristic heart uh, pacemaker that you just... It takes get? place in 2021. You never know. I have a pacemaker. An old I one. I do know. An old one. 
No, it's not that old, actually. Mine came out in 20... I, I got it reinstalled in 2015. They changed out the battery. The leads are still fine. And in medical technology, yes, that does seem kind of old. But it's not a goddamn iPhone either. They're not slated to die in a year and get, hey, look, we have a pacemaker 2012. Like, sure. no, it's not what it is. This pacemaker battery is built to last for at least five years. My last pacemaker was built to last for at least five years. You know how many years I got out of it? 9.9. I was literally this close to getting 10 before they had to change it on me. It literally died the day I went in to go get my surgery. Okay, that answers my next question. I was going to ask, it's kind of off topic, but kind of on topic. <clears throat> Do you have to replace your entire pacemaker from time to time? Uh, when the battery gets low, or obviously if it gets fried in some weird way, and also the the leads that I mentioned that go from the battery to the heart, sometimes mm -hmm. those just get old. Uh -huh. Luckily, in the last pacemaker replacement I had, which was 2015, they didn't need to replace the leads because they so were still good. So my so leads are over 10 years old right now. Mm -hmm. So you don't you don't just change the battery. You take out the whole pacemaker and put a new one in. It's dependent on what the uh, um, doctor says is needed. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Also, now your Instagram name makes sense to me. Yeah, powered by Medtronic. Jesus, I take it online. Yeah, that's also why my uh, my um, <clears throat> my PlayStation like handle and stuff is like cyborg with a battery. Oh well, they they wouldn't know. They don't want to play Fall Guys with us. Oh, yeah, I I'm never out on time too. <laughs> that's my pacemaker. No, oh. that is legitimately what's inside me right now. For our uh, for the audience. audience. He just ripped out his pacemaker from his heart to show yeah, us really quickly. I gotta put it back in. Impressive. And, yeah, it's pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> I'm pull all Rambo. So, like, you see this, like, right here is where the leads would go. So they plug in the wires there, and then it would go up to where my heart is. Where the fuck do you think a fucking serial tracking thing is on this? Yeah, I mean, it's probably in inside. On the other side. In, in the silver part. Yeah. But my point. <laughs> anyway, I'm going off about this pacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pacemaker Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host. <laughs> All right. Um, this is honestly getting me excited for Barbie because I want to see Ryan Gosling play an actual character and not a non-emotional dude. Like, I want to see him play something. Like, not just, I have a toothpick in my mouth and I'm going to go save this kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ryan Gosling. Um, 50 minutes into this and I'm starting to lose interest <laughs> it took you 50 minutes it took me like 30 no it started at 22 because I wasn't really into it and then 50 I was like god damn this is not getting better ready to jump off the train at that point <laughs> no, uh, stick around the building well no shit she's gonna leave <laughs> uh of fucking course, the old lady with the terminal illness sacrifices herself while going out like a badass. <laughs> like the minute they brought in that character, I was like, well, she's dead. <laughs> um, ah, uh, uh, they called him a Ken doll. L-O-L. <laughs> uh, oh, look, a big chase scene where they destroy an entire city. Never seen that before. Oh, look. Their getaway car is the most obvious we were involved car ever. 
And then I wrote, and, seriously, and during the pacemaker that scene, tech in this movie makes me laugh. <laughs> during that scene where they're driving off, two fucking police units drive by and like completely right? ignore yeah. them. <laughs> this oh, look, it's a Russo best. brother. He was one of the agents that was like at the end that was like, we won't do anything if you just don't talk about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, this movie Claire's, makes Fast and Furious movies look smart. Claire's body nah, that, looked like a... That's going too far, Cole. Yeah, Cole, yeah. shut up. That's going Claire's, too far. Claire's bodyguard looked like a great value John Favreau playing Happy Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Final thoughts. Well... That was a movie I can say I watched this year. That's about it. Very, very cookie cutter. Nothing super exciting. I know that part of the story had an ending and it sets up a sequel. It still felt very open-ended. Also, there's a young character with a congenital heart defect and a pacemaker, which they mentioned several times. It's like literally anytime she walked into the room, they, like she would just like breathe. She's got a pacemaker. Like, yeah, like when they're when they were taking her away from I don't Billy walk into it. I don't walk into a a pacemaker, asshole. Okay, that makes sense because they did take her away with force and that can jolt a reaction for your heart, which would eventually possibly cause you to get paced. But I don't walk into a room and be like, I got a pacemaker. Like, it's it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a bomb that's going to like blow up if you touch it. Like, but it can probably put you at the front of the line of places. Not at Six Flags because they're not allowed. Also, I hate Six Flags. I've never been. Actually, I've been. It was the most depressing time in my life. The flags like, are okay. They're pretty cool. I couldn't do anything. It was like, well, you, you have a pacemaker? On, you, you mean you haven't been Goliath? Yeah, because my pacemaker works, Cole. I went, I also, I went on Goliath when Cole plays a dangerous like game. A year ago. <laughs> Your pacemaker doesn't work. And I can still ride roller coasters. I'm just but careful about which ones I go on. Cold, like, I don't do you not understand the you point? get it replaced, Cole? Like, doesn't isn't that I something need to you talk need? Cardiologist about it. Shouldn't you get it removed if you're not really using it? I don't want yeah. some like shit just floating around in there. Like, that's weird, isn't it, man. Like, just deteriorating inside of your body. And like, like, I legitimately have a friend who has a pacemaker that was down in his abdomen because that's where they used to put it when we that's were younger. That's where mine is. And the newer age style is to put it up by your closer to your heart, so less wiring to run, which is up in your shoulder area. He has one up in his shoulder area, and his other one in his abdomen is still down there because the doctor was like, "Eh, fuck it, I don't want to cut you that open to take it out." So yeah, we're just gonna let it sit in there. Never took mine. And out. I'm like, like, "We don't want to do that." No, I, cut me, cut me, Mick. Like, come on, dude. Like, get this out of here. And I, I understand. Just so like you guys in the audience can understand how a pacemaker sits in your body because it's fucking weird. They 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 cut you. You know, like as you're having a surgery. But then they fold the skin back and then cut the layers of the skin to build a pocket. So then they take the pocket and just slide the pacemaker into the pocket, seal the pocket up, and then you know, there's that. Like it's literally in a pocket. It has its own pocket. (laughs) Flesh pocket. Flesh pocket. (laughs) Only $9.99. Hey, nice chest. (laughs) Thanks. It has pockets. Pocket. <laughs> um. So anyway, pacemaker, which they mentioned several times, which I've mentioned several times, and that's cool and all for a form of representation I can connect with. The pacemaker technology they used in this movie seems a little futuristic and made me laugh. Overall, meh. 
you could probably skip this one. You aren't missing anything unless you enjoy a melting pot of different things every other action movie has done already and better. Because I'm telling you, I picked up Mission Impossible. I picked up Drive a little bit. I picked up um, Born Identity a little bit. Uh, some Fast and Furious type shit because they had the Audi like racing around and they made sure you knew what kind of car she was driving and everything. Like, it just, like I said earlier, you have Chris Evans, you have the Russos, you have Ryan Gosling, you have the dude from Bridgerton, you have Anna de Armas. And it's just like, eh, like this movie was worse than Bob's Burgers for me. This is the most movie, movie, movie. But I still gave it like two and a half stars. I gave it two stars. Give it three. But I didn't finish writing my my letterbox because I didn't know how to say that this movie Blue wasn't chunks. great. Wasn't great. This movie would be a McDonald's burger. You know, you, you eat a it. Fish fillet. You eat it because you're hungry. Oh, now. Let's not say things we can't take yeah. back. <laughs> you you eat it because you're hungry, but then you're not happy you did it after after you're done. I was honestly kind of shocked that Cole didn't like it. I figured he'd be the audience for it. No, I this was an atrocious piece of shit. This goes back to us never understanding Cole, the true enigma when it comes to cinema. <laughs> I would like a bad movie if I'm having fun. We're aware. We're very much aware. You know what? You know what Cole said to this movie, guys. You know what he said? Cole. Nope. Uh, Hey, speaking of transitions, yeah. Nope. Yo, that movie though. This movie tripped me out, and not in a good. Who wants to go? I I want. I want Cole to go first. I'm. I've been excited. Yeah, Cole, go first. So. I don't, I walked out of this movie and I thought, to my, you know, someone asked me, oh, what'd you think of Nope? And my re- exact response was, I don't know. And I still, it, it's it's such a weird movie. Do you want me to help you kind of understand it a little bit more in a weird way? Well, I think I understand it more now. No, no not like, not like metaphorically or anything, just like in general, do you want a generalization of what the best way to understand that movie is? I guess, yeah. Jaws. Yeah, that that was kind of the vibes I got from it. Oh, it's one hundred percent what he was going for, too. Yeah. Sky but Jaws. I, it, it, and it's a spiritual cousin to Jaws, Jaws, or a spiritual sister to Jaws. Yeah, it was a it was a really weird movie. I it, it was fun though. Like I, you know, it was very interesting. Um, I forget what's the uh, Jupiter. What what's the was that his name, Jupiter? Ricky Jupiter. But yeah. the, the place was called Jupiter Claims. Yeah, his backstory with uh, the monkey, Gordy, I wouldn't... I honestly kind of want a movie about that or a, a spinoff or something about that. What if I told you they had that Jordan Peele filmed the whole ass intro for the fake TV show? That's awesome. Like, like a 90s TV intro. Like it's a short, like give me like give me ten minutes of that yeah. intro. No, it's not. It's happen. literally just like the theme song for the show. With like, like think of like the Modern Family opening or something like that. Okay. 
hmm. like a television intro is what he filmed for it, and he released it on like the internet somewhere but yeah you can watch like the intro for the tv series yeah the stuff with the tv show and the monkey might have been my favorite part of the movie and that's weird because it's not the main focus but the they open with the monkey so they they go to the monkey and then they cut away and i'm just like no 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 no. what was that go back yeah they did that and then they put like a production thing there so i was like where's this going and i saw the production thing i'm like okay i guess that's just a little production yeah. card thing it's and a it, weird way to go the monkey's the opening Paul? happening monkey so Paul fast production yeah. yeah that's jordan peele's company yeah, that's his. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, but that opening happened so fast that I couldn't, I barely could register it. Like, it's like monkey. Bye. I'm like, wait, no, go. What? What, what was that? But I just. Uh, did you see Get Out or Us? I saw Us. I did not see Get Out. Okay, I liked, so. I like which us one do you like lot. more? Uh, I think I prefer Us. I think I definitely prefer us. This was an interesting concept. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he was going for. Maybe I don't. I'm not sure the execution was there. But oh, the execution 100% was there. Okay. Well, remember what I said in the chat, which I'll get to when I when we talk about it. But yeah. But um, the execution was definitely there. I will say the big twist about the the monster. That was cool. I did. I did appreciate that, but yeah, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Honestly, this movie had my attention from the first trailer I ever saw of it. I, I'm a sucker for the monster movies where they don't tell you like what's going on. Like, I love Cloverfield, and that's what that that's the vibe that the trailer gave me for this because you know something's happening, don't know what it is, all that, and honestly, it. It lived up to the hype. It's it's my favorite Jordan Peele movie so far. Um, I liked it way more than uh, Get Out. Us was, man, it was good, but not one I'll go back to. Uh, he had five on it, man. <laughs> had its moments. <laughs> but yeah, like I just, I didn't know what to expect walking in there really wasn't expecting aliens i i got more like uh what's that mark Wahlberg movie where the weather is trying to kill everybody uh um what's the happening yeah there you go that one i i was kind of expecting something like that which is it an m night Shyamalan movie yeah okay. <laughs> which had me worried because i didn't want that but it was it was just a genuinely good monster movie honestly and i felt like there wasn't much of like a like a message that jordan peele tends to do in his movies i kind of like looked it up briefly after we got out of the movie and all i saw was something about like the way we like perceive cinema and media and stuff like that and i'm like this seems like kind of a stretch but all right but yeah, totally enjoyed it. Uh, five out of five. So for me, um, Tyler and I went to go watch this together. Initially, like the the whole opening, like the opening sequence with with, uh, with Gordy the monkey, I was like, okay. And then it just kind of cut off of it. I was like, that He's was kind a of a chimp. weird. Sorry, the, the chimp. whole different form of monkey. I apologize 
to any primates that are listening to this show. Again, Joe? Which would be you three, because we are <laughs> from primates. Don't let the Bible fool you. Uh, <laughs> don't you fucking dare censor that, goddammit. All right. Hail Santa, Santa, smoke catnip. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Gordy scene threw me for a loop. I, well, I thought it was kind of interesting, but I was like, okay, what does it have to do with anything? Um, I think my problem was I was kind of looking for the the underlying meaning behind the movie because, of course, that's you know when you think of Jordan Peele, you think of his underlining uh, underlying meanings to his to the films that he has he's put out. I mean, look at look at Get Out, look at Us. That's what I was expecting. So I was kind of, I guess I was trying to read more into the movie than I should have. That way I wouldn't miss anything. But when I kind of realized, okay, there's, they're not going down that route, you know, politically or racially, like, okay, like I just have to enjoy the movie. Um, I love alien style movies. So not knowing much more than this was an alien movie going into it. I was, I was pretty excited for it already. Um, I, I was getting the Jaws vibe when, you know, it basically was watching them in the valley, kind of circling them, not letting them leave the house because it, this is, it was the aliens territory. He was a predator. This was his area. You weren't going to leave it unless he lets you leave it. Um, and just the, the fear it kind of instilled early on before we got to really get a good look at it. Um, I really liked it because, you know, them it picking up the, the people, uh, showering the house in blood and dropping all the, the stuff from it. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was, you know, it was, it was truly giving me the fear of, of that because I, I also believe that there is life out there and that they can pretty much fuck us up at any given moment that they want to, like they can do this type of shit. And that scares me because like, there's no way we can stop them initially. So to see it kind of fall like this, I was like, okay, this is good. This is really getting under my, under my skin. But as the movie progressed and we like, we see more of the final form of the, uh, I don't know, I guess I'll just call it the predator, the, the predator. Cause that's what it essentially was. As we see the, the final form of it, I thought it kind of killed the intimidation factor it was building because it started looking like a jellyfish. And I was okay, like not not as intimidating now, but still still intimidating. Like it's it's making itself bigger, you know, it's trying to be more, you know, it's in its final form. Yes, it's more intimidating, but it doesn't look that way to me. So it that kind of lost a little bit of, it, of the of the shine for me, but I was still I still really enjoyed that part. Um, what I didn't like, and this kind of brought down the, my rating for it, but as Brady talked to me about it, it, it kind of brought it back for me. Um, the Gordy follow-up scene when they go to Jupiter claim to talk to, um, uh, the guy about selling the horses and he shows the secret room that he has of the stuff from the TV show. And he has the, the shoe with the, with the drop of blood on it. 
and we pan back to sh- to seeing the more of the of the Gordy sequence when he's killing the the cast. Um, the fact that he had that secret room and he monetize you know he he monetized it by having people stay in there for a night or whatever. I didn't like that, and I I wasn't sure why I didn't like it. Uh, I, at first, I thought it was because like it doesn't seem like it fit the movie, but it wasn't that. It was the idea that he was profiting off of the idea that people died, and he's sharing the 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 props and everything from it, and people were willing to pay for it. And that that was the the actual idea that bugged me. The second thing I didn't like was the the uh, motorcyclist pulling up toward the end when they're trying to to catch the predator. And it's the dude from TMZ and he's trying to get, you know, a shot of the, of the, the UFO. And I was like, fucking TMZ. Of course, like someone's being stupid, not listening to, to what they're saying and just trying to get the shot that they want. Like that was, I was like, God damn it. Of course. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought I was done really, really well. Um, I was very bummed that Keith David died so quickly. Man, I want to keep David more, more in yeah. that. Um, uh, but overall, like the the movie was, to me, was very, very good. When he's walking around the, um, the uh, the barn, and he sees the the alien, that is, but it's the kids. Oh, like that that gave me fucking chills. Like seeing because it was it was squatting down and then it stood up, and started walking slowly toward him and doing like the old school like creeper around the corner like looking at you that that gave me vibes from a from a video game i played called dead space where the the it was you know a, a jump scare type of video game but like the the aliens would like look around the corner to see if you're coming and then dip back in and then hit you from another angle and i the even though it ended up being the kids that was creeping the fuck out of me and i really enjoyed that go ahead Rick. i just wanted to go off of that real quick because like that kid was literally sitting there that entire scene and it wasn't until he rose like when he first walked back away from that area that he looked over at uh-huh. i could see something was there yeah because like, he was there the whole time but i didn't notice it until i saw something was there and then it rised and i just love that the title is an acronym for not a planet earth yes but it's Which also I didn't, just like, I didn't click till later on in the movie, and then they, and they brought apparently it up. when they released the poster, people were like, "That's what that means!" Right away, like I people figured it out that. instantly. And I was like, "Because of the cloud and all that too was in the poster." Yeah, and I was like, "But I, I didn't catch." But yeah, I didn't catch it. I didn't catch um, it. I love that he also played with the title of the movie, because there was that scene where like the he, the kid rises and. I shit you not, everyone in the audience with me was like, nope. <laughs> While he said nope. Yeah. It's and then there was the like, scene where it's like raining blood and he's in his car and he just sticks his head out and we all just went, nope. <laughs> and that's why I really love, like he he played with the title in into the movie. Like when when the kids stood up, the like the entire audience in my in our theater kind of went, oh, like, oh fuck no. Like yeah, well, you heard like genius because like I was when that happened. I was like, "He's starting early. Like he's getting straight to it." Yeah, and I was like, "Like." And it wasn't until he punched the kid that I was like, "Oh, so it's not them. 
It's not the aliens that it, we're it's, expecting. It's giving me chills right now thinking about it because it still creeped me out. Like, ah, it's, I, it's, it's it, I feel it right now. But like the movie was was just very well done. Um, I'm really glad he kind and not that not that I don't want him to talk about, you know, his points of views, you know, and everything, but I'm glad he kind of stepped away from the the more political and racial side of it. I think and it's because he kind of got it out of his system. I think so too. And like, I'm not saying it's wrong for like, I love movies that make a point. Like don't, right. like, so do I. Cause obviously if I didn't, things like Schindler's list wouldn't, you know, wouldn't get made. Wouldn't get made. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. important that like voices be heard. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how Jordan Peele puts out his narrative in like, honestly one of the most sort of inclusive but still very much on the back burner when it comes to inclusivity Mm. genres which is horror movies like because for a while it was oh the black guy dies first yeah or you have the movie tropes of like the slut and stuff like that funny i feel like he's like no that like you can do that in a horror movie but horror movies don't have to be that funny thing i was like I was surprised that the first person we see die was a black person, Keith David. Because I was sad when he died. I love. I was. I was sad too. But like, I was like, oh, he he killed a black person first, because he doesn't really do that in his other movies at first. And so I was like, oh, like, well, no, get out. Well, yeah, he does, but like, was it right away? I don't know if it was like right away, but I mean, that's predominant what the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, okay. Like, like right off the bat, like he does like a horror movie, you know, standard. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like overall, I thought this movie was very well done. I, I really enjoyed the, the shots that it gave us because it was very cool. Uh, they're in a big Valley and, you know, just looking at everything. It was, it was pretty breathtaking because of how, just how it looked. Um, after this movie, Tyler, are you frozen or are you just standing very, very still? He's frozen. Okay. Um, I initially gave this movie a four coming out of it. And it was it was because to me the, the Gordy stuff felt out of place. And I didn't like the the TMZ stuff. And I was like, and how the the intimidation factor of the creature or the predator toward the end kind of kind of lost it for me because like I said, it looked like a jellyfish. But after talking to you about it, Brady, and you giving us more of more of the details to it, and it made me understand why I didn't like the Gordy stuff and why I didn't like the TMZ guy, it made more sense. And I would I would push this more to like a four, four and a half, almost five. Still, it's it's still the end. Of the, the creature, the way it looked toward it, kind of killing for me. But I might change you on that one. Actually, we'll see because I I have I'm still kind of like still processing it. But after what you told me, it made me understand it that much more, and just kind of like put me on the right path. Because like I was like I I don't like this, but why don't I like this? It's not that it's bad. It's why why don't I like those those two scenes or those three scenes in particular? And when you explained it to me, it made more sense. I'm like, fuck, that's good. That was really good. So now I want to go back and watch it again and, and 
try to understand it even more. And since I'm not looking for the underlying um, like political or racial. Which is metaphor, still there. It's still there, but not as bad. But or not, I'm going to say as bad, not as strongly. Forefronted. Yeah. Because I was like looking for it and I spent, you know, a good chunk of the time trying to figure it out. Now I want to go with it without having to worry about that and seeing how much more I enjoyed this movie. So real quick for the listeners, when we say we're giving it stars, we all use letterbox. Well, Tyler doesn't yet, but we're all using letterbox. So you can give it up to five stars on that. So Cole, what was your letterbox rating? Uh, I give it a three. You gave it a three? All right. Uh, I guess I'll, st- you ready for me to start? Yeah, go ahead. I guess I'll start with my rating, which I came out of the gate five stars right away. Like, um, here's, here's what I'll say. And then we can kind of go off what other things I've said. All right. So I went into this movie slightly hyped because of the very little plot info available, which I feel like not a lot of plot info was out there about what the movie was about i feel like the trailers kind of other than one big scene which i kind of wish they didn't put in a trailer put in the trailer um but i feel like the trailers didn't really show much either and somehow i don't know how i managed and it was probably because i was at camp with like very little internet access i don't know i managed to completely avoid spoilers when the movie was released like i didn't know anything that happened in the uh, movie at all. Case in point, they show a scene in the uh, trailer that we now know is the Gordy fist bump scene. Yes, the and, Gordy the the scene in the trailer didn't make sense to me. I'm like, and I thought that was an alien, like hand? An alien hand, yeah, or something me too. like that. And they do show some of that little bit of like the kids running around the barn and made it seem more alienist like alienist like you know what i mean um yes. so like to see the payoff of that i was like all right that's really smart too um so i was slightly hyped but also slightly on the fence because i personally wasn't a fan of get out i found it overhyped or us which i found severely underwhelming uh this movie though this movie is so beautifully amazing uh arguably and I'll emphasize arguably there, perfectly crafted sci-fi horror that evokes signs and close encounters of the third kind. Um, And I do know that like Jordan Peele has said that signs was a major influence on the movie as well as close encounters, but also just Spielberg in general. It is a visually stunning, it is visually stunning, a fun as hell story that is both suspenseful and funny I'm glad I chose to see this movie in IMAX because there was one scene that absolutely stood out and the film nerd in me audibly said, holy shit. And that's the scene that I said was in the trailer that I wish they didn't put in the trailer, which is the scene of OJ running on the horse with the UFO behind him. Yeah. Like they they show that in the trailer and I kind of wish they didn't. But even then when I finally saw it, and maybe it's because I saw it in IMAX, I don't know. But when I saw it, I literally went into my, like, leaned forward in my seat, and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, when, It's when, such a beautiful, and, like, on the IMAX screen, it's, like, stretched out a little bit more. So it's literally, like, I mean, obviously, OJ's, like, focal point is still clear in the movie, 
but it's literally like this small little dude on a horse because they're also kind of like calling back to the clip that they mention about their great 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 grandfather or whatever he was that was the first black man to do a motion picture and it was was one more great um (laughs) which if you if you didn't catch up on why he said that it's because she's literally still learning because later on in the movie she's before one of the like weirdness stuff happens she's watching the old videos because she's still trying to memorize the speech that her dad gave so that's why he was like there's one more great because she hasn't fully memorized the speech yet anyway um but it calls back to that like that whole idea of like the motion picture of the guy on the horse and it's like this small little dude on a horse and like this big ass ufo right behind it and i'm just like beautiful like this is like i was like i was almost in tears watching it just like because of the film nerd in me just like cinema photography man honestly the, the whole like whenever they're doing their like their entrapment of it and they had the guy like rolling with the with the imax uh camera that he built like just the, the shots and the overall and that whole the western were, feeling of it the too. western feeling just the overall shots of it were fucking great the stuff with gordy the chimp was extremely unsettling but also kind of fell out of place when it came to being part of the story other than to provide background for a secondary character now this was my ori- original just so we're clear this was my initial thoughts right after i walked out of the movie theater that I do have an um, added part to it that we can discuss, which Joe kind of hinted at. Also, huge props to Jordan Peele for making a badass Akira reference. That got a cheer from me and a few others as well. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Akira is a pretty notorious anime from the 90s about nuclear holocaust Japan that takes place in like 2020 or something like that. And um, the character rides a motor. One of the characters in it rides a motorcycle and does what they now refer to as the Akira slide, which is what Kiki Palmer did when her character stuck her leg out and kind of like did a drift stop to the side with her leg sticking out as like the kickstand. That is known as the Akira slide. They did it in Wolverine and they sort of kind of did it in Ready Player One, but not as good as what you saw in here or Wolverine. And uh, the thing is, is Jordan Peele is a huge Akira fan. He got offered uh, he got offered to direct a live action version of the movie once, and turned it down in favor of original content. Which props to him, man. Like, arguably, because they've been trying to make a live action Akira for years. You know yeah, who to kind of turn it back to Spielberg and the connection there. He was once offered. The idea, because Spielberg loves Akira as well. You know what Spielberg it's, told them? It's probably he told like him it would be an unmakeable movie to turn into live action. I think so. so. And that's why I loved like when Ready Player popular, One came out. It's probably like, arguably like one of the most popular anime to come out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's why I like when Ready Player One came out. Like Spielberg, he, he didn't get to go full live action, but he still got to throw his love for Akira in there with having Artemis drive akira's bike right in the in the race um and now, yeah like you said it's, it's probably like, you cannot make it live action because you're gonna ruin the they're doing it 
And you know who's directing it? Who? Taikoa. Mm. He's been planning it for years now, apparently. Mm. I'm kind of, I'm with you. I'm like, eh. I, it's, it's, it's such a hard, and this is coming from me that like, this is literally the only anime that I've actually like thoroughly enjoyed and was like, I would watch that again. You know? Yeah. So he turned it down for live for original storytelling, which I respect because obviously we do need more original storytelling. Overall, I am very happy with what I saw. And it's honestly one I would watch again. I have not stopped thinking about this movie since I left the theater. I've been wanting to go see it again. That's how much I want. Like, I absolutely loved it. So far, Jordan Peele is only one out of three for me, though. And it's this one movie. Now, <clears throat> Tyler, did you hear the um, Stormtroopers of Death reference they made in it? Uh, remind me. They literally had, I don't remember who or where or whenever it happened, but they literally had a character go, hey, Gordy. And Jordan Peele's like, yeah, that was purposely put in there for Stormtroopers of Death reference. Huh. Um, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> there was also... There's also the Jesus um, Mary chain or Jesus Lizard chain or shit, fuck Jesus Lizard t-shirt yeah. <laughs> that Kiki Palmer's character is wearing in the movie. Uh, the clothing designer for the movie was like, yeah, we paid like a thousand dollars for that t-shirt. She paid like $30 on a bootleg website for that t-shirt. I follow the guy on Instagram who made the t-shirt. <laughs> They're just trying to sound cool. Um, yeah. There was also... <laughs> The dude who played, uh, I think his name's like Brandon Perry or something like that, or Petra or something like that. The dude who played the fries guy. Um, angel. He was wearing like a, Angel, yeah. He was wearing a really cool like Wipers t-shirt. So like musically, I was like, damn, Jordan Peele knows his music. Like he's got <laughs> some big poles in here. Like obviously he does. I mean, look at, uh, he used Childish Gambino in Get Out. He used uh i got five on it in us he used a badass cover like like almost like chopped and screw version of sunglasses at night by Corey hart like that, that shit was like i and that's a cheesy ass song and i was like damn this is a really good version of this when song. they dropped when they dropped that song and i was like oh fuck yeah i love that song i just <laughs> love the chopped and screwedness of it too like the whole like slowed downness of it i'm like it's such a great fucking song to do that too, and it works so well. Um, so my add-ons to my review, though, I was driving around the next couple days, you know, working and whatnot, and like it just, I, I wasn't listening to a podcast. I was listening to music, just thinking about the movie, and the Gordy stuff just hit me. So let's go back to the beginning. This is where I think I'll sell you on the final form of the ufo joe let's go back to the beginning before you hear because the gordy stuff all you hear i mean all that happens really in the beginning is um you hear what happens you don't see anything um but as you're hearing what happens the first thing you see on screen is a bible verse basically from a book that's kind of forgotten and I, this was just like, I'm not like a huge Bible nerd or anything like that. Like, this is just what I've heard on other podcasts. And while researching the movie itself, basically the verse is basically saying, um, in a weird way, God's going to make a spectacle of the human race 
Um, and so that kind of sets up the idea of what the movie's about. The movie is about the the meaning of the movie is about spectacle, how we view it, how we kind of like consume spectacles and tragedy. Um, and then how we kind of just move on from it. Like think about like mass shootings, they happen. We we say some stuff for about five minutes and we make memes and move on from it. That's what happens. Um what was what was uh jupe he was trying to make a big spectacle to get the alien's attention and it backfired on him and that's why i say that like i know look i was with you i'm with you on the final form of the ufo i I thought it was a little wonky but i kind of thought about it for a bit and it's very angelic and biblical looking it is and it also gave me so it kind of links back to that quote in a weird way it it does look kind of angelic and my the thing for me too is it looks like it was an old school camera the box that was like the the mouth or whatever it was looked like an old school camera and it kept like re like shooting itself and so that kind of brought it to me like okay is it like as you say a spectacle of everything is the the be is the predator like basically you know spectating the person before they kill but it jupe also called him the viewers as well yeah which was a more tongue-in-cheek idea of we us the audience that sat down to watch the show mm-hmm. as the viewer because we all sat down to watch the show as a spectacle because we didn't know anything that was wrong we didn't know anything about this movie yeah but i'm, I'm talking about the, the monster like is it is it viewing us to like analyze us and then kill us and then move on no, i think he just wants to eat us <laughs> okay yeah and then um, uh like back to Jupe real quick and i don't know if you'll make this point the the fact that he he thought just because he was able to befriend uh gordy he thought he can handle another predator this is why he was trying to think he can make the the alien do what he wanted it to do you know why uh gordy didn't attack him though right um didn't because he the, the tablecloth blocked his eyes which became blocked his eyes but uh mm-hmm. didn't you say he also uh gestured like in kind of like sign yeah like, he kind of like snapped out of it too like his little rampage and when he does look over at uh jupe's character or his name's rick but or ricky but they call him jupe the entire movie he signs uh essentially what happened to the family but it was more like it's he signs what happened family asking what happened to the cast on this show that, that scene fucked me up so much especially like the beginning scene where like he's just sitting next to like this this girl and he just like taps her foot like hey do something over here like play with me like it was so fucked bro and then, but like for her and it goes back to spectacle she is in the audience for the lasso show and she has to wear a t-shirt to show what she used to look like so people know who she is yeah and when like when i made that when i realized that connection i'm like because they showed her in the trailer yeah and i thought it was just some weird thing for the movie yeah and i was like oh it's her i was like holy shit she she survived because when they showed more the more detailed shot uh 
parts of Gordy killing the cast, like you hear him pounding on her face and body and you can hear her just going, oh, oh, like taking the shots. And then when he goes, you know, no pun intended, ape on the dad. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, she drags him to the kitchen. Fuck, just... man. Yeah. Jesus. This but is yeah. why, real quick, this is why Planet of the Apes fucking scares me too, man. I love Planet of the Apes. That, uh, the, guy who, uh, the guy who did the mocap for Gordy uh-huh. is also in one of the Apes movies. Which one? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. He is Terry Notary. And he was, he did the mocap for Kong. Um. He was the onset group for Avengers Endgame. He was also mm-hmm. Cole Obsidian. He did Rocket and War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. Okay. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes as well. Yeah. So, like... I really like the the newer trilogy that has uh, um, Andy Serkis playing, playing the main ape. Yeah, that's what the yeah. that's the trilogy that he's involved. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And I, I know, but like, I really love how Andy Serkis portrays Caesar in that trilogy, and how well they show the their story arc in in that in that whole trilogy. So, speaking of apes, uh, for what I wrote down for like, because like I said, I was driving around thinking, and then it hit me. So the whole idea of Gordy, and basically, so the whole movie basically is about exploitation of tragedy media consumption as well as addiction to spectacle as a human race which is very which is why very little plot was revealed because before you sat down to watch it the spectacle of a mysterious movie drew you in but gordy is about how we exploit tragedy um meaning jupe's room with the with the shoe which I thought the shoe was going to come into play a little bit more because of the way it was standing up, but it never did. It was just uh, kind of like a... I want to know not how the fuck it was like standing a, up. Well, that's what I thought it was going to come into play more. Maybe the yeah, me too. Or like the part. See, and this is why I was glad that it didn't go this route of like, Gordy's alive and he's fucking with the aliens. Like, I'm so glad because... And I said that to someone in here. They were like, uh, are you fucking high? Like, where do you were watching this? I was like, look, I didn't know what to expect. But like, this shoe's just standing up. This ape's going crazy. The shoe's still standing up in the display. Maybe there's a connection there, you know? <laughs> um, but Gordy is about how we exploit tragedy. So basically, Jupe with his secret room and all that. Um, how we exploit animals and expect them to be cool with it. Because they did mention something about, so when they first started talking about Gordy, like the whole tragedy of that and Stephen Young's characters explaining the SNL skit with Chris Kattan and all this. And like, he's just like loving that skit. Like he's just actively like, this is the greatest SNL skit ever. And like, you're just like, what the fuck? But also they said something in it because like Kiki Palmer's character says something. And OJ goes, yeah, that's why we can't use monkeys anymore. Because the thing is, is Gordy's based off a real chimp and like Trevor. And she, Trevor, like, I've heard the 911 call from this. It's, it's terrifying to listen to. Um, 
Trevor, like the handler, had a friend over, and Trevor ripped off all its all her like limbs, and like just beat the shit out of her face. And like they, she's like she's literally on the nine one one call, going, "Get over here, get over here now." I don't, I don't care. Shoot this, shoot the monkey, shoot the monkey. When you get here, just start shooting the monkey. She, he's killing her. He's eating her face. Like it, nine one one calls haunting to listen to. But Trevor was also an actor who did like commercials and shit. But that's why we kind of don't use monkeys anymore. That's why mocap is the thing because they don't want a Gordy situation. They don't want a Trevor situation. So it also just shows that like, it also just shows that like Jordan Peele is like tapped into some weird like parts of history that like still fit his narrative really well of like exploitation within the film industry. Um, it's also about like forgotten media because especially forgotten black media. So because like black people were involved in film for years, dude. And it, I, fuck it. I don't care if I get canceled for this. I was very upset when black Panther came out and everyone was like, Oh, it's Marvel's first black superhero. And I'm just sitting here like, but you forgot about blade. Wesley Snipes really did kind of like pave the way for Marvel to be able to do that. But even before that, there was other people like, I'm pretty sure Spawn came out before Blade. Yeah, it came on the 90s. Like, early, well, my point is, it's like, it's just, it, it, and this is Jordan Peele's point as well, is like how quickly we forget the history of things. How we expect animals to be cool with their exploitation, hence why Gordy snapped. But most importantly, it's about how we consume the movie. All of us said it didn't fit the plot of the movie. The gory stuff didn't. When actually, it very much did because we wanted more. We wanted to exploit that story more. Yet Jordan Peele, giving credit where credit is due, is a fucking genius for only giving us maybe five minutes worth because that's how we handle things like mass shootings, etc. We pay attention for five minutes and move on to the next big spectacle aka the rest of the movie because we were all going this doesn't fit the movie why are they showing this can we get back to the alien thing but in reality it's just like we wanted to exploit the bigger spectacle versus the smaller thing and i walked out of that movie so happy like it it honestly like like i said it's arguable but i'm gonna argue that it is a hundred percent one of the most beautiful sci-fi horror films I've ever seen. It is. All right. I'm going to say it's up there with the thing for me. And the thing is pretty high up there. Old statement from you, son. It's a bold statement for me. I know because I was fully expecting a hundred percent to walk into this movie and walk out and be like, what the fuck? This sucked. And I cannot stop thinking about this movie. This movie is definitely in my top five so far this year. Like, I hope there's a steel book because I want to buy it. If I can't get a steel book, I'm still going to get a Blu-ray. Like I foresee myself watching this movie a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably my favorite for this year too. I definitely will put this in, up there as my top ones. Like I said, after talking to you about it, I'm like, fuck. Like I, I missed the idea of it because I was looking for another idea. And it wasn't that I didn't like the Gordy scenes because I wasn't getting enough of it and it didn't fit. It, it just threw me off. Like, initially, I was like, the fuck is that about? 
And because I was like, how does that tie into, into everything? And then I didn't like it when they went back to it when when because it does seem like it really only does tie into Jupe's character. Yeah, which for the most part is a secondary character. Yeah, but what I didn't what I didn't like about it about the second time we see it around during Jupe scene, what what made me not like it was that he was profiting off of it. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> and I I think it just created the oh well that's not fucking great that's not good at all. Um, but it wasn't that it wasn't that I didn't like the scenes, and I, I mean, yes, I wanted more, but like I wasn't like I wasn't like okay, like we're gonna get more. That like I just knew like this is where it ends. It ends with him. That's it. We're not gonna get more of that because he's not a he's not a main story character. He's you know he's a supporting character. I love that scene between him and like everyone when they get the decoy horse, and he drives up and they're like. Hundred something yards away from each other, and just yelled out, like, "Hey, where'd you get your horse? Cool." That's <laughs> oh, Jesus! Like, give him a thumbs up. <laughs> God, that was so good, man. I, I, I kind of, I really like this episode that we were just, you know, we're recording because it is very awesome that we all hated one movie but all seemed to really like the other movie. Yeah, <laughs> let's not do it again. Next week we're definitely doing identity, right, guys? <laughs> Working on it. Identity and Velocipaster. Let's go. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like I'm going to be thinking about this movie a lot, and I cannot. I really hope when he does release it on Blu-ray and stuff like that, that there's going to be like a making of on the DVD or something. Because, like, I kind of want to see like the behind-the-scenes stuff, and like. Like you said, Joe, you were kind of looking for a a political message or something that is usually what he does, and that's completely fine. But I feel like he kind of got it out of his system with the Twilight Zone TV series he got to do. Um, but also, like, I just feel like he listened to the audience as well and kind of toned it down a little bit because it's still there. Like I said, it's still there with the lost media stuff about their great, 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 great grandfather. Who's the first person? Yeah, there's another great. Who was the first person on a motion picture? Like it's there, but it's not like in your face there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was surprised Cole liked this, to be honest. You didn't think I was gonna go see this? No, I didn't think you would like it. I didn't I'm like surprised. Guys, I'm but... surprised you didn't pick up on the lost media stuff because like it's definitely like it's a love letter to Spielberg. It's a love letter to like pretty much anything nerdy as well. But also it's a love letter to people like Cole that are into the lost media stuff. And it's a yeah. love letter to film crews. Cause like think about it, the whole last half of the movie. He's wearing a Scorpion King jacket that says crew very clearly on the back. I thought that was, that was fucking cool. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I just love I love how they're like talking about it. He's like, yeah, I wanted that horse for my birthday, but then dad got a movie for it. He's like, they ended up using fucking camels anyway. <laughs> no, dude, that barn scene, that barn scene literally gave me chills too with the kids. And I, I 100% still thought it was the aliens I, until he yeah. knocked the kid out. Same. 
Even when even when he picked up his little flip phone and started filming sideways, I'm like, why is the technology got going off? Do they only do it if like they're floating over them? Like I was so confused, and then he like punches the kid. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I also another scene I really loved was when the director pulls up and um pulls out his like IMAX film camera. <laughs> and M's like, I told you he'd bring something like that. Let's go, boy. They just start clapping each other's hands like really fast, like <laughs> dying laughing. So in, so intense with like the the handshake. He's like, I fucking know. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Did you also? I also read this that I picked up on it too, but I got it confirmed later that uh M towards the end of the movie wears a lot of green, and OJ towards the end of the movie wears a lot of orange. Yes. To go off their names, like emerald uh, green and orange juice orange. Gotcha. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I also think feel like Jordan Peele totally named him OJ, just to make the OJ jokes that they did because there was a couple like OJ's on his great run. It's like run OJ run. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the white Bronco. Nope. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Not this one. He was on Lucky, which was the Black Stallion. But oh yeah, he, did he didn't he ride Ghost at one, at one point? He did for a few seconds, yes, but not during the big chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you know, he wasn't. He, also, he was on that scene where like she finishes the slide and like gets all her pictures, and she's like laying there on the ground, and like the cloud disappears, and like OJ's just sitting there on his horse. That is such a badass Western moment. Like yeah. it's so awesome that he was able. This is why I say it's like the thing for me. Because the thing is very much a Western and a sci-fi put together. And this movie is very much a Western and a sci-fi put together. Yeah. The thing just happens to be in the Arctic. Yeah, but it's still... Yeah, he yeah, yeah. 100% went for like a... Um, yeah, 100% went for like a Howard Hughes Western-type movie. That's what he did with like a Assault on Precinct 13 as well back in the 70s. I don't know. Um you guys got anything else? Nope. No, I'm good. Nope. Well, for that vacation. <laughs> Sorry, all of us saying nope. We'll be back next week nope. with uh <laughs> with uh Velocipaster and Identity. No, no. Yeah, yeah, we Cole. will. Yes, we will. You'll be. watch it, Cole. Yep. Bye. Bye. Au revoir. <laughs>